0: Standing on the Platform of Truth. Pioneer Health and Missions. Many of you may have viewed our latest video on the topic of sin. What is interesting to note about this video is that it was appreciated by individuals who have conflicting views on the subject. How is that possible? How can two groups appreciate and uphold the same material as true and valid, and yet at the same time come to two vastly different conclusions on the matter. The only way this is possible is if the individuals holding on to one of the two views are incorrect, that is, that they have misunderstood and misapplied the author's writings as shared in the presentation. Two drastically opposed views cannot both be right, for the Lord is a God of truth, and His truth, the only truth, is absolute and not relative. There is a correct understanding for every topic in the Bible. Thus, either the one is right and the other is wrong, or the one is wrong and the other is right. Unfortunately, we regularly witness this kind of misapplication in the Christian world. For example, a Trinitarian understands the third person of the Godhead to be an individual third God-being, while another individual properly understands it to be the omnipresence of the Spirit of God in Christ. Yet, both groups use one and the same source as the foundation of their theology. We have been counseled to study out matters of doctrine thoroughly, line upon line and precept upon precept. Let us then take this principle and apply it to the quotes used in the video from the relevant A.T. Jones article and allow him to elaborate more specifically on his understanding of the subject of sin in order to obtain more clarity on the topic. In the article published in the Review and Herald on March 14th, Jones states that everything about sin is suggested and outlined in the three words that the Lord uses in giving His name in Exodus 34, 7, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Now, these three words express different phases of sin. Think carefully while I show you the truth as to each one of these words. Iniquity is a thing done with evil intent. Transgression is to pass over bounds, to go over the way, and may be done without evil intent. Sin signifies in its root idea to miss the mark, that is, to aim at the right mark, to do our best to hit the mark, and yet miss it by coming short. This is the root idea in the original word defining sin. He then concludes this thought with the following remark. Of course, the idea of sin covers all of these, even to the utmost, because sin is coming short, and it matters not how far short, even the being directly opposite of right, an action may come, it is sin. Yet, taking the original, the right idea of sin, and holding fast to that, you can see how these other two words are expressive of the other two points in the different phases of the one great thought. Of coming short by elaborating on the wording in the original language of the Bible Jones seeks to demonstrate how the word sin and those used to describe it such as iniquity and transgression have the meaning of missing the mark and in order to prevent people from arriving at the wrong conclusions with respect to the definition of sin in the Bible we will now allow A.T. Jones himself to further clarify his own thoughts as to what exactly missing the mark means biblically. The very next year, after publishing the original article we examined, Jones publishes a similar paper adding further clarity to the matter. In it he states, Now I wish you to consider for a little while what really is sin, what it is in essence. You know the divine definition. Sin is the transgression of the law. Now, I wish you to consider what it is to transgress the law. Is it only the positive doing of something that is evil? No, it is the coming short of positively doing that which is good. Is it not written that whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all? In another word, sin is the coming short of the righteousness of God. To come short of the righteousness of God is to transgress the law of God. Eddie Jones, Review and Herald, October 23rd, 1900. Jones here clarifies that sins are not only acts of commission, but also acts of omission. To omit to do something is just as much a decision as to commit to do something. Even present-day secular law recognizes this principle, particularly in the area of criminal law. So it is in the spiritual realm. Each is a transgression of the divine law of God. But let us not stop here. Let us examine a couple more statements from the author so that we clarify the matter further and leave no room for misunderstanding. He writes, All unrighteousness is sin, 1 John 5, 17. And as sin is the transgression of the law of God, it follows that the law is the expression of the righteousness of God. That is, it is the expression of the supreme idea of right. Accordingly, it is written, My tongue shall speak of thy words, for all thy commandments are righteousness. Psalm 119, And hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Isaiah 51, 7 Therefore, as the law of God, the Ten Commandments, is the expression of the will of God in respect to character and is the expression of the supreme idea of right doing, It stands demonstrated that the Ten Commandments are the basis and the expression of all true morality or ethics. He further states, By all these things, it is made clear that we all to Caesar, the civil government, only that which is civil, and that we all to God that which is moral or religious. Other definitions show the same thing. For instance, sin, as defined by Webster's, is any violation of God's will and as defined by the Scriptures, is the transgression of the law. That the law here referred to as the moral law, the Ten Commandments, is shown by Romans 7.7. 7. I had not known sin, but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. Thus the Scriptures show that sin is the transgression of the law, which says, Thou shalt not covet. And that is the moral law. How interesting, Jones here ties it all together. Just as he does in the original article he published, Jones here presents to us the idea that sin, or missing the mark, is coming short of the righteousness of God, or in other words, the transgression of God's holy law, the Ten Commandments, the moral law. This is a fact that much of Christendom has tried to obscure in one way or another you see satan is at work to blur our view and our understanding of what the true mark we are to hit is he has been adding additional definitions to sin for centuries but all such ideas unfortunately lead back to one and the same source notice what the catholic catechism states upon this very subject how did the sin of adam become the sin of all his descendants the whole human race is in adam as one body of one man By this unity of the human race, all men are implicated in Adam's sin, and as all are implicated in Christ's justice, still the transmission of original sin is a mystery that we cannot fully understand, but we know by revelation that Adam has received original holiness and justice, not for himself alone, but for all human nature. By yielding to the tempter, Adam and Eve committed a personal sin, but this sin affected the human nature that they would then transmit in a fallen state. It is a sin which will be transmitted by propagation to all mankind. That is, by the transmission of a human nature deprived of original holiness and justice. And that is why original sin is called sin only in an analogical sense. It is a sin contracted and not committed, a state and not an act. Catechism of the Catholic Church, 404. According to the papacy, sin isn't only the transgression of the law of God, but is also defined as a state of being, in other words, human nature, that is transferred from one generation to the next. It is for this reason that the majority of Christendom teaches that we are not sinners because we sin, rather we sin because we are sinners. However, Jones has never revealed that human nature is sin in and of itself. Fallen human nature has the tendency to sin, but this isn't sin in and of itself, because all of these tendencies can be subdued by the power of God in the believer. As Jones puts it, All the tendencies to sin that have appeared or that are in me came to me from Adam, and all that are in you came from Adam, and all that are in the other man came from Adam. So all the tendencies to sin that are in the human race came from Adam. But Jesus Christ felt all these temptations. He was tempted upon all these points in the flesh, which He derived from David, from Abraham, and from Adam. All the tendencies to sin that are in me were in Him, and not one of them was ever allowed to appear in Him. All the tendencies to sin that are in you were in Him, and not one of them was ever allowed to appear. Everyone was put underfoot and kept there. All the tendencies to sin that are in the other man were in Him, and not one of them was ever allowed to appear. That is simply saying that all the tendencies to sin that are in human flesh were in His human flesh, and not one of them was ever allowed to appear. He conquered them all, and in Him we all have victory over them. Inspiration further adds clarity to the subject with the following statement. It is not in the power of Satan to force anyone to sin. Sin is the sinner's individual act. Before sin exists in the heart, the consent of the will must be given. And as soon as it is given, sin is triumphant and hell rejoices. But there is no excuse for sin, either great or little. Christ has been provided as the tempted one's refuge. Friends, we are not sinners because of Adam, but because we have all at one point or another ignored the prompting of the Holy Spirit and have individually chosen or given our consent to transgress the holy law of God yielding ourselves to the leadership of Satan. Christ is calling us to embrace the truth in its fullness. He is calling us to surrender to His Word and to choose Him as the only source of righteousness. The only way for us to be successful in our battle against sin is by having a proper understanding of what sin truly is and by yielding our will to Christ's. As A.T. Jones put it, we are made free from all the life of sin that his boundness, we are made free from sinning by the power of Christ, holding us back from transgression. We are made free from iniquity by being given another spirit, the spirit of Christ, which loves the good, and will neither do evil nor think evil. Thus it is that whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. Friends, will you choose to embrace Christ's definition of sin? Will you choose to surrender your will to His so you can be kept from sinning? The choice is entirely yours, for you have been given free will. May God help us all to answer in the affirmative upon these questions. Standing on the Platform of Truth Pioneer Health and Missions